Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, so not everyone's happy about pot. I know, the, the jokes write themselves, and the cliches are going to get, well, they're already tired. Um, and, of course, the excitement is getting the whole spotlight today, but there, there were a lot of groups that had actually fought this thing tooth and nail. They did not want legalization. They see legalization as a massive, uncontrolled experiment. And their fight, they say, is not over. And it's not just a Canadian fight. My next guest is considered the quarterback of the new anti-drug movement. He served two different U.S. administrations, both for the Obama and Clinton administration, as a drug control policy advisor. He's considered one of the most influential critics of pot legalization. So he's watching what's happening in Canada very closely because, in fact, he came in to the country last night to witness history, which he hopes and says he will not allow to happen in the United States. His name is Kevin Sabet. He is the CEO of SAM, the Smart Approaches to Marijuana, and he joins us now. Kevin, uh, you are one of those people who is not too happy about the direction Canada has uh, gone with pot. Why? Well, I think we're creating the next tobacco industry right in front of our faces, and we're not realizing it. Uh, This is not about human rights or people's sort of choice to smoke pot. I don't really care if an adult smokes marijuana. This is about the commercialization of THC products, candies, cookies, gummies, THC levels that are 30 times more than they were during the Woodstock days. I don't think people quite realize that, and I don't think the government realizes that. Um, The black market is thriving, illegal markets are thriving, uh, and they're going to continue to thrive under legalization. So we're worried about it. Yeah, you are. I mean, you, being an American, have spent quite a bit of time actually trying to fight the legislation from passing here. What is your main concern, that we, you know, this then spreads to the rest of America? Well, I mean, the main concern is really, uh, you know, I spend a few months a year in Canada, so uh, I, I care about Canada a lot. I also, we have a uh, group, a uh, grassroots group here in, in Vancouver and across the country of doctors, attor- uh, attorneys, lawyers, you know, parents, uh, kids, youth, actually, who are standing up. We have a youth group uh, in Canada as well that we've worked with that has stood up and said, you know, we don't want this. This is not, this is not, not good for our generation. And the, the issue is because we're seeing, you know, the, do we need really more ways to get intoxicated? Do we need to normalize this? Again, it's not about, I don't want people to be arrested. I don't want people thrown in prison for pot. But we've gone to the other extreme now with just massive commercialization. It's not even legalization. It's commercialization. And, you know, is that really a good thing? Does that make us better parents, workers, uh, you know, sort of construction workers, pilots, drivers? No, of course not. Uh, students, definitely not. Uh, job applicants in this competitive global economy, definitely not. And so, you know, why would we want to uh, make it easier? It's already easy. People are already doing it before. Why make it easier and more normalized? So you're not buying the prime minister's um, (laughs) objective here that this is to protect the kids? No. Uh, Let me tell you, if it's to protect the kids, I'm waiting for the alcohol to protect the kids, too. Uh, Alcohol (laughs) is a public health disaster. 
uh, because it's a badge of adulthood. It's normalized. It is a part of our sports culture. It's part of TV. It's media. Why would we want to do that with marijuana? I, I don't get it. I mean, there is uh, like there's unknowns everywhere. There's so much gray area sure. over the legalization sure. of pot. I mean, sure. you only need to see it roll out in Canada. Everyone's kind of scratching sure. their heads saying, how is this supposed to work? Right. Um, and, and the group that you work with and you yourself, you look at this as a massive uncontrolled experiment. Absolutely. Canada's become the world's biggest drug dealer. And the issue is, uh, is it ready to pay for the costs? I mean, a lot of people talk about tax revenue, but let's talk about the costs. Uh, they far outweigh any tax revenue. And we don't really know what's going to happen. You know, why, why are the regulations written the way they are? Why, are, why is there going to be unlimited THC levels allowed? Why is there going to be huge amounts to be uh, uh, possessed, even by 12 to 16-year-olds? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. And I don't, again, want to throw people in prison. I'm not saying we should be moralistic and criminalize it. Definitely not. We don't want to do that. We don't want to sort of some of the American mistakes of the war on drugs. We don't want that. But why in the world are we going to this other extreme? Uh, we're not protecting the rights of non-users. Today in Vancouver, we had um, people, uh, we had mothers there with their kids, and their kids are subjected to inhaling marijuana through air conditioning vents on patios at the playground uh, because people are, are using it. They don't really care about non-users. So I, I think I think it's something we have to think about and worry about. I mean, there's no question. I think it's been spoken about quite openly that this will be riddled with charter challenges and a whole bunch of, you know, kind of, uh, it's yeah. almost as if we're making it up as we go along. That's right. And so do you get the sense that, and I'm not sure what took them so long, they've had three years to kind of get this thing <laughs> built, but do you yeah. get the sense that, that this is being made up as they go along? I do. I think this is being made up as we go along. I think we haven't thought of enormous public health and secondhand, thirdhand consequences. Uh, we don't have a plan for driving uh, in Canada. What happens? How do we test? How do we know the test is right? Uh, what happens to the victims? Uh, what are the exact laws? Uh, we don't have a plan for deterring underage use. Your brain is developing until about age 25 or 30. Why didn't we listen to the Canadian Medical Association and the other doctors groups who said, okay, we don't really like that you're doing this, but if you are, make it 25 and up. Mm -hmm. Send a clear message to young people. We're not encouraging them to do it. Instead, the government made it 18. And then when we saw academics and some other folks who served on the governing bodies to assist the government in doing this, then, you know, we saw, we see them now on the boards of directors of pot companies. Uh, that's yeah. not right. Well, and police and officers I, too. Yeah. I think we need to really uh, think about that. Yeah. And so where does the battle go now? Because you're not going to put this toothpaste yeah. back in the tube. Um, and well, the, I mean, I don't know where this industry is going. They're sure. saying it's a $500 billion industry, but how do you and where do you take your fight? Well, first of all, I think we need to protect non-users. So we launched potwatch.org for people to help them navigate through the difficulties, help them contact their MLA, uh, their MP, help, help them uh, access resources and facts they can use as parents to talk to kids, because uh, government really hasn't done a great job at that. But the second thing is, I agree with the editorial in the Canadian Medical Journal this week, just a few days ago. One of the most prominent doctors in Canada, she said, if this doesn't go well in a few years, the government has a responsibility to reverse course. And I think that's exactly right. So I'm not sure this is totally out of the I think if the government said, you know what, we tried it, actually didn't really work, um, I think you can go back, and I think it would be up to public health to do that. So we'll have to see where it goes. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's the campaign promise that uh, anyone's willing to make for the next election, but but yeah. it'll be interesting for sure to watch. But, you know, the U.S. has, what, eight or nine, nine states now that have um, marijuana. Is it not just a matter of time before it, it goes countrywide, or do you get the sense that America will never uh, adopt full-on legalization? Back. 
I'm not going to say never say never, but at the same time, there's been a lot of resistance. In fact, even the ninth state that mm-hmm. we're citing here, Vermont, does not allow commercial sales. They only allow legal production, homegrown kind of stuff. Um, there's a big backlash to the commercialization of this, and unfortunately, it's taken you know five or six, seven years in Colorado mm-hmm. to kind of wake up to that reality, but people are waking up to it. Um, also, this is a really interesting fact that a lot of people don't realize. The majority of cities and towns in every single state that's legalized has act- have actually voted not to have marijuana sales legal in their local community. So people might vote for it in theory, mm-hmm. and then when it comes to their own town, village, city even, they say, you know what, we don't want a pot shop here. We don't want gummies selling to kids. We don't yeah. want neon signs advertising pot. We don't want to change Main Street. And so it's very interesting to see where this is going to go, because uh, I don't think local residents, this is not a win, or win on the local level. I'll tell you, this is a totally losing issue politically on the local level. And I can imagine grassroots activism uh, changing laws. It may take time. Uh, frankly, it took them 95 years to legalize marijuana in Canada. Yep. Um, I don't know if it's going to take 95 years to go the other way or, or what, but you know, this stuff takes time. What about uh, relations? Um, do you get the sense that this is going to strain relations between Canada and the U.S.? Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there aren't provocative people that kind of purposefully try and do things over the border to force a confrontation. I've heard that. Mm. Uh, I think that the Border Patrol has been very clear that if you're in the pot business, you're not welcome in America, which right. is very interesting. <laughs> um, also, you can't bring, obviously, products over the border. So even even though, even if you go, let's say, between, you know, like with the Peace Arch, you know, you go between two places that technically have legal marijuana, you can't do that. You can't bring it over. So it's going to be very interesting to see kind of where this goes. Um, but... I worry about legalization providing uh, sort of faux legal cover to criminal organizations who have who will get licenses to grow a lot of marijuana and re- and in reality are not only growing marijuana for the for the illicit market, which is absolutely happening in, in the United States. The illegal market is skyrocketing since legalization, sure. but also a front for other drugs and other industries. Uh, the underground marijuana uh, dealers, the international crime syndicates, they're involved in human trafficking, sex trafficking, cocaine, heroin, etc. So I wouldn't be surprised if spills over to other issues well we'll stay tuned i hope you're wrong but nonetheless (laughs) uh we're in for some interesting times kevin thanks so much for joining us thanks for having me that is kevin sabet ceo of smart approaches to marijuana so yeah the u.s is watching us not necessarily because they're excited about this and i'm not sure they're ever going to go the whole route of legalization i just don't know we will see uh but it'll be interesting though you know in a year, we go into an election. If this thing's a bumpy road, this is going to be a big, big old problem for Mr. Trudeau and his government. Because it's really their only signature. It is their only piece of legislation. <laughs> I was going to say only. Yeah, they haven't done much else other than the trade deal. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.